joined now by uh, U.S. Representative Rodney Davis. Uh, Congressman, you're back in town after uh, uh, the, uh, the large bill passed. Uh, and we're going to hear a little bit about, of course, some of the things that are in that to help out people in Illinois. Uh, but we also heard some criticism uh, from President Donald Trump last night. Uh, what did he call it? He called it a, a, a disgrace of sorts. Let me uh, go ahead and play that clip for you, Congressman, and get your reaction to it here on the WMAY morning news feed. It really is a disgrace. For example, among the more than 5,000 pages in this bill, which nobody in Congress has read because of its length and complexity, it's called the COVID relief bill, but it has almost nothing to do with COVID. Congressman, welcome in. What's your reaction? Well, first off, I I want to react to the unemployment numbers that you just mentioned, Greg and Chris. Uh, It's devastating. It's a direct result of Governor Pritzker's non-data-based shutdown executive orders. And what I'm really concerned about is the lack of actual urgency on the governor's behalf to fix the unemployment system in Illinois, where many of these folks that have filed for unemployment are going to be denied benefits for a much longer period than they should. That's another reason why we passed this COVID bill that the president's team negotiated in good faith with uh, Democrats and Republicans in Congress because we created, we extended uh, more unemployment assistance and at the same time opened up the PPP program so that our mom and pop shops can apply for loans once again that can be forgiven if and only if they keep their employees employed. Those are the things, that's exactly why I voted for this bill. Now, the bill, of course, is uh, over 5,500 pages. Uh, Did you read page by page before you voted on it? Here's the here's the misnomer about omnibus bills and, and and frankly a COVID relief bill that's really an extension of most of the provisions that we had in the CARES Act. Most of what the bills most of what that bill is are many bills that have passed through committees, have passed the House or passed the Senate, and it's combined. These are chapters, chapters that have been that have been debated and and in almost uh, all cases in their entirety in either the House or the Senate. So this idea that somehow we had people sitting around writing 5,000 pages of legal text is just not true. Congressman, uh, a lot of criticism of other uh, spending that's in the bill. Uh, the president laid out a ton. I've seen others and, and other uh, types of provisions, too, like um, restricting what can be sent through the United States Postal Service or, uh, you know, uh, sending people to, to prison for illegally streaming stuff. Um, can you address especially, I guess, some of the, the foreign aid that's going out, like for gender studies in Pakistan or to build walls in uh, bordering Syria or, you know, all of this? money how how can congress justify to the american public that suffering through an economic crisis we haven't seen since the likes of the great depression uh with this type of funding going to to other countries instead of keeping it here in the united states well some some of those provisions you just mentioned i can't justify them i don't know who during the negotiations would have put something like that in a large bill like this but we don't get to we don't get to to congressionally line item veto things that were Democratic priorities. But let's also keep in mind, this isn't just a COVID relief bill like the CARES Act was back in April. This is actually our end-of-the-year spending bill that Democrats kicked the can down the road on when we should have had this done in September, like every other government is supposed to fund their government operations every fiscal year. But the federal government decides 
that they just want to extend that opportunity until it's convenient. This is a, these bills were negotiated by the administration. Secretary Mnuchin led the charge with Speaker Pelosi, with Leader McConnell, with Leader McCarthy and Leader Schumer. And we came up with what we thought was a good compromise. Didn't have things in there that I liked particularly, but the good vastly outweighed the bad. And when you look at foreign spending, foreign operations spending, what they're talking about is the normal foreign operations, state and foreign operations appropriations bill that we fund many different uh, foreign operations on an annual basis. But to combine that and link it to COVID relief was the reason why people are confused right now and upset. But wouldn't that, I mean, just because we did something last year doesn't mean we have to do something this year. Uh, we're in a crisis. Uh, Americans are hurting. Uh, they want more money. Uh, shouldn't we have uh, changed things and prioritized uh, Americans to keep the tax dollars that they pay into the coffers? Well, I think when you look at the legislation I voted for, you can see uh, and almost everything is prioritizing Americans. And when you look at the foreign aid budget, uh, I'm all for cutting down uh, aid to countries that will uh, that are not helpful to America. But when you have a multi-level, multi, uh, multi, uh, uh, cause uh, piece of legislation like this, there's bound to be some things that are put in by people who who clearly would never win election in a district like mine. Uh, but here we are today, we are, and we get a choice. We get a choice to actually fund the PPP program, help our mom and pop shops, send stimulus checks at a level that was agreed to, extend a student loan provision that's a, a private sector approach to addressing the student loan debt, extend our agricultural relief programs to help those who need it the most. Well, and you also and were able to get the, uh, the 19, you were also able to get uh, funding to continue with the 1908 race riot um, uh, stuff here yeah, in Springfield. So we have a choice, either vote for that or vote against it. And I always have a philosophy, Greg and Chris, that if a bill 75, 80 percent of what I like, then I'm going to support it. And then I can go fight to fix the other 20 to 25 percent in the future. But we've made progress. And all those things I've listed off are very good for the American people and, frankly, very good for the 13th district. Congressman, uh, Chris has a question in the newsroom. Yeah, Congressman, I was just going to ask you about that. President, you know, the president had his uh, negotiation team in on this. Uh, number one, do you think that these uh, extra projects that the president had a problem with, were they negotiated in the bill? Was the president's team aware of that from number one? And number two, is the disconnect here between the president's team and what was negotiated, or is it between the president and the president's team? Well, I don't want to speculate on what's being discussed between the president and the president's team, but... I've got to imagine that his team was engaged with the entire process uh, from what we've read and what we've seen in and around the Capitol. I actually think the president is, you know, he's frustrated. Obviously, I saw him a week and a half ago. Uh, he seemed frustrated more so than uh, I've seen him in the past. I think he's listened to some bad advice. I think he's listened to some bad legal advice that has not won him, uh, has not won cases in court. And I think he's listened to some bad advice from some of my colleagues and maybe some in his administration, um, because right now uh, I, I don't believe there was a time where the administration was not involved in negotiating this.
Congressman, a uh, couple of other uh, final things here. The president indicating that uh, th- there could be a veto, uh, and he wants uh, to increase the direct payments to Illinois or to Illinoisans and Americans uh, to two thousand dollars and four thousand per couple. What happens? What's what's going on here? Is it certain that this thing is going to be uh, put into place, or is it going to be kicked back to the House uh, just as the this Congress wraps up? Possible pocket veto. Well, clearly, it's it's up to him. Uh, he's got some time to decide. Uh, he could pocket veto this and to go into the next Congress. But I think it'd be a bad look. And 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 really, um, I think the American people need help now. If he wants more for stimulus payments, I and mean, that's something that should be debated. But that's something that could have been debated during these negotiations. And, and frankly, if that's his priority, then let's work together on that provision. But let's not sacrifice uh, getting getting assistance quickly to our small businesses in Illinois that have had to lay people off and have led to those exploding unemployment numbers that you just mentioned at the beginning of of this segment. Congressman, finally, uh, Illinois continues to bleed population, another 80,000 lost in the year, uh, almost 255,000 lost over the decade, leading the country in population decline. Um, Quite possibly lose a congressional seat here. Your reaction? And we always knew because of the population loss in Illinois, because of terrible decade-long Democratic leadership in Springfield, that we were going to lose a congressional seat. Frankly, I'm, I'm glad that we're not on the verge of losing two, and that means two electoral votes, too. Uh, but this is a direct result of the policies that have been put in place over the last few decades by supermajority Democrats in the General Assembly. And you've got Governor Pritzker, who's doing nothing but continuing to push the policies like never-ending tax increases, increases in property taxes throughout the state that are necessary to fund local governments and the local government's minds. And they're making people leave the state of Illinois because they believe it's unaffordable to live here. And with the unemployment numbers, many of those seeking unemployment are probably going to look at opportunity elsewhere. and It's not going to help the cause you just mentioned. Congressman Rodney Davis, it's all the time we got. Have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. And if we don't talk before the new year, happy new year. Hey, you too, guys. Take care. Merry Christmas, Congressman.